What an honor and a privilege to stand before you tonight. It's a, it's an exciting time to be alive, amen? amen? We are excited about what God is doing in the midst of Heritage of Faith Christian Center. Uh, we're excited about uh, what God is doing on the face of the earth. Uh, there's some great and mighty things taking place. Uh, if you're not experiencing those, then get under the spout when the glory comes out. Get where God's told you to be, and you'll start experiencing those things. Amen? You know, tonight we were getting ready, and we are just praying in the Holy Ghost, and the Lord began to minister to me. And uh, he began to say some things to me, and he asked me to look into a scripture. And, um, and in 1 Corinthians, this is totally off, the, this is totally by him. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, uh, the whole passage of Scripture, I'm not going to read the whole passage of Scripture, but that whole passage of Scripture is talking about the uniqueness of the body of Christ and how uh, we all, all have different callings, all have different assignments, all of us have different things, different roles to play in the body of Christ, yet the reality of it is, is you've got a specific part to play, I've got a specific part to play, and it's so important for us to fulfill the role that God has given us to play in the body of Christ. Amen? And you have to, you got to see this because every joint supplieth, but if there's a part of the body that's not present or not effective or not doing its part, it suffers the rest of the body. And as we were getting ready tonight and I was praying over the, or just all of us just praying in the Holy Ghost, the Lord just specifically began to minister to me in this area. And I just want to read verse 11 to you. And it says this, but all these, talking about all these different gifts, all these different anointings, all the different uh, gifts of the spirits that are in operation, he said this, when we were in there, he, he had me read this. He says, but all these worketh one and the selfsame spirit. Because as children of the Most High God, we're all born of the spirit, amen? The spirit of God. That's what lives on the inside of us. So we're all operating in the same spirit. He says this, uh, selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severely as he wills. As who wills? As God wills. Okay, now, and this is what... God said to me while we were in there, and he said, son, uh, you know, because I, I, my, my, our heart's desires are always, God, I want your will to be done. Amen? And he said something to me in there that, you know, was just by the Holy Ghost. We were just all praying. The presence of God filled, that, filled the green room up as we were praying. Cassie even said before we walked out, why don't we just bring everybody inside here? You know, because it, you know, when God shows up in a place, you want to be right there. Amen? And so, but the reality of it is he's here right now. And what he said to me in the room when we were getting ready, I was getting ready to come out. He says, son, thank you for being willing to do what I want you to do, not what you want to do. And then he said this, he says, too many people in the body of Christ are doing what they want to do and not what I want them to do. And he specifically began to minister to me. I won't go extensively into everything he began to show me and minister to me about it. But I want you to ask a question. Before we dive into this message on the aspect of prosperity, I need you to hear this because part of your prosperity in your life is dependent upon your willingness to do and be whatever it is that God's asking you to do and whoever he's created you to be and not try to be something that you're not and not something that he's not asking asking you to do. And if, if we don't get in line with what God's telling us to do, then he's not going to be able to pour out his spirit on us so that that wealth can be distributed into us like he desires it for it to be done. 
It's really important. You got to grab this because so many times, so many times people are, they're giving, they're doing these, they're doing all these things, but they're doing what they want to do and not what he wants them to do. And they're hitting a wall and they're, they're wondering, how come I'm not seeing breakthrough? How come I'm not seeing, what's God really told you to do? That's good. That's good. And, 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 and you know, you, are we really willing to do whatever he tells us to do? Because that's where our wealthy place is. That's where he can pour us out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive it. If I'm a, I, I, I'm going to go to my coaching because y'all just know that's, I'm a coach. I like to coach people and that's what I'm anointed to do. But if I'm a receiver and I'm going out for a pass and I have a route to run and I choose to run a different route, the quarterback's going to throw the ball where I'm supposed to go, not where I wanted to go. Hello? And I'm telling you, God is trying to get some amazing things to you right now. But if you keep just doing whatever you want to do and, and, came and, and, and claiming God's blessing on it, you're going to keep coming up empty yeah. and short. Amen. And you're wondering, Why, what's going on? I'm giving, I'm confessing, I'm, you know, hello? And he said that, and, and it, was, it, was, it, was, oh, it, was, it was huge. But I'm telling you, I, that's a huge part of us as a body as a body I'm telling you, we know that by the spirit of the Lord there are some great things happening at Heritage of Faith Christians and God is doing something here in this church because we are the faithful and we are going to flourish and we're going to continue to flourish and thrive yeah, amen. amen and, and the, the sad thing is there are some people that are that are supposed to be connected to this body that aren't going to flourish like they're supposed to supposed to flourish because they're doing what they want to do Ouch. Say, that's not me. That's not say, me. say it like you mean it, too. Hey, there's times, man, I have had to have the slack jerk. To, uh, you, I rodeoed, and you, the slack jerks out of you is when that cow gets to the end of the rope, and bam, everything happens. And you, sometimes you need the slack jerked out of you. Amen? And seriously, there's times when you get a real rough calf, or you get, Trey will tell you this, you get a real rough steer or something, you pull, and you jerk that slack a certain way so it gets a little more pop on the end of it. So that calf knows you're the one that's in control, not it. And there's so many times in our lives where we're like a, a lost cat that's just running around doing whatever, and you need somebody to tighten the rope on you and say, hey, this is where you need to be, and this is what you need to be doing. So just take that right now. That's just a place that God wants us to go before we can go to where, he, where else he's trying to take us tonight. Amen. Do you receive that tonight? Amen. Isn't that good? Um, so tonight we're talking about our heavenly account. Oh, hello. Only got a couple. A heavenly account. Okay, we're talking. How many of y'all have a bank account? Hello. Everybody should raise their hand, hopefully. You know, but if you've got a bank account, it's nice when that, when that account is full. Right? Isn't it fun when that account is full? And you just, you, but you know what? If you've never opened an account, you can't have, there's nothing there for you. Right? right? That's and so we're going to talk about the second part of the heavenly account tonight. In order for us to make withdrawals, we have to believe that there's an account there. If you, don't, if you don't believe that there's an actual account for you in heaven and that you can draw out of, then you're never going to obtain any of it. I, this is a, that's, a, that's a basic fundamental truth. If you, you can have somebody, can, your parents could have been putting you aside money in a bank account, but if they never told you about it or told you how to access it, it's, you can't get to it. Right. Hello? Even though you've got there, you could have millions of dollars in the bank and don't even know it's there. But it's yours. Hello? 
And so you and I have got to recognize that God's placed a system in his system where banking is concerned. All right? And you got to understand that there's a, a giving and receiving. If you don't put nothing in, you can't get anything out. <laughs> you keep spending it and spending it. I know a friend of mine that just kept, you know, thought, you know, this card works, you know? And, you know, pay, well, why did it work? Because mom and daddy kept putting money in it. In the bank, hello? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was fun when Sam kept first coming to live with us. You know, she, she, uh, she was blessed, and she said, when I went to college, I didn't think about nothing because Grandma and Papa, they took care of me. I just went and bought it with my card. It worked. Right, Sam? He was like, she didn't think that you realize how much money she was spending. It just, just didn't ever go empty, never rejected. So she just kept using it, right, Sam? <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Well, there's an aspect of tapping into when you know your privileges and you know your rights and you know the covenant you have with God. You can consistently pull out of that account all the time. But too many people in the body of Christ don't even know how to pull something out of their account. So we're going to talk about the heavenly account tonight. We're going to look at a couple of passages of scriptures. So let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And uh, this, is a real, this is a real popular scripture where it comes to finances, but let's just read this together. In verse 19, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, okay, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, we're neither so there's two different treasuries here, right? There's two different treasuries here, right? There's two different accounts here. There's an earthly account, and then there's a heavenly account. You see, and there's two of them in the scripture, right? Okay, so, well, he says, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. Now, one account, somebody can come in and steal from it. The other account, they can't. What account would you put your money in? Well, hello? Come on. What account would you put yours in? You'd put the one in that somebody can't come and steal, right? That's pretty, pretty, pretty smart. Doesn't take a rocket scientist, right? You got one account somebody can steal from. You got another account that someone, they can't steal from. That's, that's a safe account. Amen? Amen? All right. So there's two different accounts. For where your treasure is, what you're treasuring where your, what your treasure is, come on, it, that's where your heart will be also. Or that's where your account will be also. If you're more focused on earthly things, you're gonna, that's where your account is. And it can be stolen out of. When you're more focused on heavenly things, you're going to, you're, 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 your finances are blessed. Okay, your account is going to be taken care of. All right, keep going. The, uh, a verse in Colossians 3, 2 says this. Oh, well, let me finish this. I'm sorry. Uh, verse 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I, I just said this. If you're sowing just to get things, then the object of your affection is in the wrong place. If you're sowing just to get things, then the object of your affection is in the wrong place. That song we were singing, you're his affection. I, I was just... I was weeping up here just because I know what I've been through, and he still loves me anyway. And I'm still the object of his affection. I felt like we were sitting up here, we were singing a minute ago, you ever feel like somebody's flirting with you in front of everybody? Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you just, <laughs> hello? You ever been there? Come on. Just reality? You know, everybody can see it. I'm like, oh, Lord, you're just loving on me right now. And I just, you know, I just, and, you, and I, was, I was okay with it. Amen. 
Because you need to know that he doesn't, he loves you no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. You're the object of his affection, but what's the object of your affection? Okay. All right. Colossians 3, 2 says this. It says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. If you're just going after God, give me, give me, give me, because my name's Jimmy, something's wrong. Come on. Your object of your affection needs to be on something different than that. Amen? Than just, just your natural things. Galatians 6, 8 says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall other flesh reap corruption. But he sows to the Spirit, to, the heaven, to what God's intentions are, that's, you're, reap, you're sowing towards an everlasting something that will never fade away. Do you, you realize that? Your money can have an effect in heaven and affect you when you get to heaven. We're going to learn some things tonight, okay? You're looking at me like a cow to Newgate, some of you. It's all right. It's okay. You know what a cow to Newgate is looking at you like, should I cross it or should I not cross it? Should I, what is that thing? What do you know? And that's kind of how you're looking at me right now, some of you, but that's okay. Look at Mark chapter 10. This is a foundation scripture that we're going to use tonight, and this is um, it's powerful. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 is where we will start. And it says this, and when he has gone forth into the way, this is Jesus, there came one running. Okay, just got to get this picture. There came one running, and he kneeled to him and asked him, how many, and, and Pastor Justin, and we all talk about this, and Dr. Savelle even made note of a few uh, weeks ago about how many people, there's been over 8,000 people that have come through the doors of this church in the last 16 years, going on 17. 8,000 people. Okay. And, they, and I can't, Pastor can tell you, and, and Dr. Savelle and, and Ms. Savelle, they can tell you even more about how many of them are like, man, we're here, this is where God's called us, this is, and they're nowhere to be found. That's true. Hello, come on, seriously. All right, and then, then what, is, what is this young man? Same thing, this is what happens to people so many times in the body. I'm there, this is where I'm called to be, this is where, I'm, this is where God's, you know what, and then they don't, they're not there a year later. Well, you know, I guess, you know, yeah. yeah. You get that, right? <laughs> Okay, there's really no, you know, <laughs> there's really no excuse for it. But here's the reality of it is there is something to that being rooted, grounded, planted where God's told you to be with no matter what it looks like, no matter how many seats are empty or how many seats are full, no matter who's on the pulpit, no matter what's, what's being said. When God tells you to do, do something or go somewhere, it's mine and your job just to go do whatever he's telling us to do. He's the one that's trying to get something to us. We just got to be obedient to do whatever it is he's telling us to do. So here's this young man. He comes running. He comes running. So he's, I mean, he's not just, well, he just didn't come cool, calm, cool, and collective and just come. No, he's running. He doesn't care what anybody else thinks about him. And then not only that, in front of everybody else, he drops to his knees. He's saying, you are the one. You're it. I am, I am worshiping you right now. He says this, one came running, kneeled, and he asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? He's talking something thicker. He's not even talking about money here. Jesus is the one that brings up money. He's seeking eternal life. Let's go on. Uh, a little note, side note, the Lord spoke to me. He says his, his doing something was based, and the other thing is, is people, when they're married to religion, it's all about what they can do. What must I do? Because if I do something, then I get something. 
Boy, Jesus about to pull the He's going to jerk the slack out of him. Amen? He's pulling. He is. It's, it's a reality check here. It's a perception because a lot of people have a perception. It's what I do that gets me what I've got. No, it's, it's your faith. And yes. in, in what he's done Amen. is what's going to allow you to walk in everything he's already purchased for you. And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. So he's saying, you're looking at me as something pretty awesome here. You're, you're coming to me as if I'm God. And he was right, and right to do so. Amen? We've got to see that. Jesus was the son of God, right? Yeah. It's okay that he, he came to him like that, right? Yeah. And, you know, but in, in the same way, God's going to show up for you in the place that he's called you to be and go and do what he's called you to do. And you've got to recognize the God and the people that God sends to you. Well, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Hello. Amen. You know how God's going to show? You're going to ask God, you know what he does? God's not going to come down and do it for you. He's going to send somebody. Amen. And that person isn't the one that's supplying your need. It's God supplying your need through that person. Hello? Get your affection off of natural things. Get your affection on things up above. Okay, thou knowest the commandments. Jesus starts talking to him about the natural things because that's what he's in. He's in the natural realm right there, right? So thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed since my youth. He's looking peachy king, jelly bean. <laughs> Seriously. He's got, he looks like he's the, hey, he's the perfect kid, man. He's done it all. Yeah. He's goody two-shoe. Come on, let's go, come on. I mean, that's what most people, and I don't, uh, pastors probably unload a book for me on it, but most people come and they'll give you their resume in a heartbeat the moment they show up to church. What? It's like, hey, here I am, use me. I, this is what I can do for you. Hello. What is what we do? Is it based upon what we do or is it based upon what he did for us and we're just here to do whatever he wants us to do? He's asking us. I mean, I can go back to what he was talking about when we were in the green room all ago. Man, my heart's getting, oh, this is huge. What is God asking us to do? You know, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But sometimes it's not what everybody thinks you're supposed to be doing or even what you think you're supposed to be doing. Right. Come on. And, and, and but I'm, I guarantee it, if you'll just take that step of faith and go, you know, okay, God, that's, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'll work in the nursery, Lord. If that's what you're asking me to do, Lord, I'll, I'll clean the bathrooms, Lord. If that's what you're asking me to do, if, if whatever it is, Lord, whatever you want, that's what I want to do because that's what you want me to do. And if I'm doing what you want me to do, then I'm honoring you. And I'm being who you want me to be. And then you can do what you want to do in my life. And what he wants to do is exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask over things. But we got to have more faith in what he can do in and through us than what we can do in our natural realm. Um, look at this. this. I love this. Then Jesus beholding him. Because I believe with all my heart, that guy had a really, he was really pressing towards, he was just missing some things here. Jesus beholding, he loved him. Wow. He loved him. And said unto him, one thing, one thing, this one thing. How many of you, one thing? 
Boy, how many of y'all got more than one thing that you're just trying to get rid of? Uh, come on now. The reality of that. I mean, I'm like, whoa, one, that's it? Just one thing? One thing. One thing you lack. He says, go your way, sell whatsoever you have, give to the poor. You shall have treasure in heaven. Come, take up the cross and follow me. But you know what his problem was? Great possessions had him. He didn't have great possessions. Look at this. He's, and he was sad at that saying. Okay, God, he just recognized that he was the son of God. He knew he was the Messiah. He just said, you are God. I'm bowing down in front of everybody. I'm, I'm declaring you are the one. And God asked him to do one thing. One thing. And he walked away sad. His possessions had him. He didn't have his possessions. And they ruled him. He didn't rule them. There was an old country western song by Jerry Jeff Walker. And that, most of y'all have never heard of Jerry Jeff Walker. But he used to sing this song. And he said, I make money, money don't make me. And that's a good song. You know, you do. You, you, earn, you, you go and earn money. But what's your money for? Your money's to give. So you can be a blessing. Your money is so that your heavenly account can get full by what you do with that money. Amen. And he'd sing that song, I make money, money don't make me. But too many people in life, their money is who has made them. And there has to be a shift there. And Jesus and God are trying to shift this guy's focus. Here's God in the flesh, may it come out for you, and he's telling you, dude, do me a favor and just give it all away. Now look at this, go on. Because we're going to see Jesus doesn't stop there. He left, but Jesus didn't. He says, one thing you lack, go and sell whatever you have. And then the next verse, he says, he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions, but really great possessions had him. Jesus took, looked around about and saith unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished. They were astonished at this. They were going, whoa, wait a minute, stop, Jesus. What are you saying here? And so he elaborates on it. But Jesus answered again. He answereth. I like this. He, he continually talked to them about this. Remember any time Pastor Justin and myself have co I've coached all on this. Anytime you see that ETH at the end of the word, it's a present, past, and progressive thing that's going on. Right. It's constant. It's, it never stops. So he was constantly trying to teach them this. So it wasn't something he just taught them one time. He's trying to get them out of the physical realm and into the spiritual realm. But when you're in the spiritual realm, you will affect the physical realm. And that's what he was trying to get into their mindset and into their spirit, man. Is trying to, he constantly was talking to them about that. You can't be wrapped up more in the physical aspect of things than you are the spiritual aspect of things. Because the spiritual aspect controls the physical aspect of things. Hmm. But Jesus answered again, and he said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches? Where's their trust? Their trust is in riches. He had to rephrase it for them, saying, Look, guys, his trust was in what he was making. It wasn't in me. His faith wasn't in me. It was in what he could do. Because he came and said, what must I do? He's still talking more about himself than he is about what God's doing in his life. 
when it is God that gave him the power to get the well, and God was trying to get him back to Deuteronomy chapter 8, 18, when, it, when you have given, been given the power to get the wells, don't forget the Lord your God who's given you that ability. And keep him first place in your love, the Lord your God, not your finances, not your possessions, not anything that you've got. You've got to love God. more. And you know how you know if, some, if, if, if something's got you or you got something? If you can't give it away, then it's got you. God doesn't. And God doesn't. I love that story Dr. Savelle talks about when he got his first plane and he, he, and he went in there and he's on a, he's, and the Lord asked him, what if I told you to give it away before he ever flew it? And he'd get the behind me seat and he walked out the door and he came, then he came back. But they, they drove off and he, there was something not right on the inside of him and he knew and he went back and he said, Lord, if you tell me, I'm thankful that you even manifested this plane for me and I'm so grateful that you did this. He says, but if you, if you tell me right now, tell me right now who you want me to give this to and I'll do it. And I will never have to fly it. And he did not. He was making sure. And you know, the one of the things you're going to have to continuously, when you understand how to work your heavenly account, is you're going to have to continuously make sure your flesh stays in check. Yeah. Because you're going to, if you continue in the things that God has for you, increase is coming. Yeah. And you've got to remember to stay humble and faithful, to stay consistent and obedient to do whatever it is that God's telling you to do whenever he's telling you to do it. Amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, he said, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? The other thing is, he wasn't even in covenant with God yet. You are. Hello? Okay, where, now the question for you is, where is your trust right now? Then he says this, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished, here they are again, without measure. They were astonished out of measure. They were, they're looking at him just baffled, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? Because you ever see, a, there's not too many broke Jews. Right? They're wealthy. Come on. You know? They're looking at him like, dude, how can anybody get saved? They were all rich. <laughs> Come on. No, but see, they weren't trusting in the rich. They had put their trust in him. They're st he's still trying to teach them. No, guys, you're not catching it. Their, his trust is in his riches. Your trust is in me right now. Yeah. Keep your trust on me is what Jesus is saying to him. Come on, your trust is in him, amen? amen? Jesus, looking upon them, says, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, There is no man that have left house or brethren or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the gospel. But he, who? The person that's left it all for Jesus, right? He shall receive a hundredfold. Listen to this. Now in this time. Now in this time. Now in this time. There's a heavenly account. You've got to understand something. When you give it all to God, then you've got an account that you can tap into now in this time. Now continue to read here. It says, houses. What is it? Whatever you sow is going to grow. Now in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, lands, and persecution. And, and listen to this. And in the world to come, eternal life. So you're going to get it now, and then you're going to get it in eternal life. Yes. 
I've got a surprise for you. How many of y'all ever ate the candies now and later? Now laters. You get a candy before you leave here today. And I, want you, I don't want you to eat it. I want you to take it with you, and I want you to put it, keep it with you. Keep it with you because it, or to remind you of the now and the later. So, so many people just, and you know, you give and you, well, you don't expect anything. No, you don't understand. You, that's a principle that is, is wrong. What, you, you, what are you saying? Because God says, do not be deceived. God, God himself says, you will not be mocked. A person reaps what they sow. So when you give, it is going to be given unto you now. And when you're given according to the Spirit, it's going to be given unto you now and later. Now and later. Not just later. Because I don't know what kind of church you grew up in or if you ever went to church when you are little. But everybody says, well, you get all that stuff when you get to heaven. You don't need money in heaven. Well, you need it now. Hello? Right? And so you've got to have that perspective, though. Your, your heavenly account, though, is not just for heaven. Your heavenly account is for now. Come on. Yes. And then it's for later. Come on. And in the lifetime to come. You're laying up for yourself things in heaven, but, you're, but the things that are in heaven, you can pull down to the earth. You know, it, it, gets, it gets this way. Just a personal tell. It was so cool because God always sets you up, right? And so uh, on um, Friday... Morty Cassie said, man, something's wrong with the refrigerator again, Rick. Um, you know, it's been, it had been, it's frozen up a few times so that for the, so the top part isn't working because the bottom part's freezing too much. And so, you know, I got up that morning, I'm praying. I said, Lord, he said, what are you worried about? I said, I'm not. I said, but I was thinking, my mind was going, he knew my mind. My mind was going, you know, we just, do you want me to just go buy another refrigerator, Lord? We can just go buy, the, buy another refrigerator. And he said, No. He said, you know, you did give a refrigerator away. I said, yeah, you're right. I did. And we, are, we have a refrigerator. In the, we also have an extra one in the, I bought her one a while back just because I could. And just bought an extra one to put in the, out in the, in the, what do you call it, in the garage. So I was like, just put the stuff in the garage and I'll figure out what God wants us to do with this, right? And so I'm like, okay, Lord. And I'm sitting there, and this is like, I get up early in the morning. So it's one of my prayer time. Nobody else is up. Me and God just having a conversation. And he's like, Man, you've given one away, Rick. I was like, yeah, I did, didn't I? He said, yeah. He said, it was a good one. And I had a choice. I could have sold that refrigerator. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And he's like, he says, hey, don't worry about it. Same day. We got, uh, we, somebody asked us, can you come help us move our refrigerator? And I'm thinking, and I'm like, I'm, we had a lot going on on Saturday. We had the ladies' brunch. We had all this stuff. And I'm going, I am, well, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? Yes, we can do this. And so we went and helped somebody move a refrigerator, and I, we moved this refrigerator for them. And they're like, I was like, so I go, what's wrong with this refrigerator? And I'm like, oh, nothing. There's just the, the ice machine doesn't stop. We have to turn it off. I'm like, that's easy. And like, and then the water doesn't come out. I'm like, okay. And you know what was really cool? I said, well, what, what do you want? What are you going to do with it? I don't know. You want it? I was like. Yeah, sure, why not? Okay, so here, here it is. This is no joke. It is the exact same refrigerator I sold six years ago. Exact same. I told my wife, even the, because you have to do the filter, the water filter, you know, even the water filter's the same one, you know, because I had to go buy them, you know, you have to go buy them every once in a while. And I'm like, dude, he says, yeah, son, it, it has been given back unto you. 
Now, he says, but no, he said, the good measure of pressing down is, is the, you got to see something. I learned this from Or Roberts. I watched him on, on TV one time years ago, and Or Roberts taught on, you know, people mess up on that good measure of pressing down, shaking together, running over. They throw it all together. But the Lord says in the Word, he says, when you give, it is given back unto you. Then a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Yeah. Mm. And he told me, he said, it, it has been given back unto you, son. I mean, it's just, when I look at the refrigerator, I was going, huh, wow. Same color, same everything. What are you doing? You, you understand? You, you got a choice in your life. And when God asks you to do something, like give something away, he knows what he has in the future for you. And you just got to trust him when he tells you to give it away. And then you also got to trust him when he tells you to give it away. Because the reality was, where was my next refrigerator going to come from? That didn't matter. God was asking me to give that one away right then. Right. Hello, God's not going to ask you to do something all the time when you just have everything right in a roll. Right. <laughs> There's times, you know, come on, you'll pull up your money clip and you're like, oh, how much you want me to give, Lord? And that Hondo's sitting there and you're going, that, that, that 10 looks a lot better, Lord. <laughs> but the Lord's saying, I want you to give the 100, not the 10. And you're like, then you start calculating, you're going, um, okay, I've got a buy this, man, if I, okay, I was really going to use that for this, and you know, what are you doing? You're naturally, you're going to earthly things. When God's trying to set you up for something that's bigger than what you even got in your hands at the moment, because when you give, it'll be given back unto you, and then a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, determined upon your faith. What do you think, why do you think we've been studying prosperity for the last five months? Because what faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the more you hear, the stronger your faith gets towards whatever it is that you're believing for. Right. And you're going to have to not stop. Now faith is. Yeah. Now faith is. Let's continue. I've got a couple more scriptures rolling here. I don't want to stop. Yeah, so this is the next scripture. So all the 50. Now, but he shall receive a hundredfold now. 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 Get the word now. Now, go to Hebrews chapter 11, not right now, don't go turn, just listen to me. In your spirit, man, go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is. You know what? If you're just, you, you just keep looking in the future for your days of heaven on earth, they're going to stay in the future. But when you're rooted and you're planted and you're faithful to do whatever it is, you have the right to stand in the midst of today and say, now is my day of heaven on earth. Not tomorrow, not the next day. Now, is that, that'll take care of itself. Right now, though, is the day I need God to show up for me. Now, my faith is ready to activate today. Now, I want it now. I want it right now. And it was so cool about what happened Saturday is I'm in that conversation with God, and it happened the now, the day. Hello? What are you wanting? What's on your plate right now? What, do you, what is God asking you to do? You know what? My natural flesh, I didn't want to, I was exhausted. I was thinking, this nap, I was halfway dozing off, just got comfortable on the couch. I'm thinking, I got to be back at the church up in a little bit. I'm like, I was like, you know, no, let's go do it right now. Let's go do it now because I, before I get too comfortable, because I get too comfortable, then I ain't want to go nowhere, no, anywhere. You know, you know how it is. You get there and you're like, uh-uh. But you know what? I just, I was real. And I was like, okay, let me go do it right now. Why? To be a blessing to somebody else. And what I didn't realize is that I was walking into a blessing for, that God had intended for me. 
If you're willing, if you'll do whatever it is, go wherever God's telling you. You know, you understand? You're getting that. It's, 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 a, it's a concept here that spiritually God's going to ask you to believe him. Just, hey, go do this. Go up to the church, serve a little bit longer, be there a little bit longer, do this, do that. You know what? God's got something for you. Just trust him. Hello. He's setting you up, man, constantly. And he's asking you to run that route. Come on. He's, he wants you to run his route. Hello? Don't go in the opposite direction. You know, don't. Don't think for yourself. You know? Lean not on your own understanding is what I'm saying. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. God, what do you want to do here? Let's do what you want to do. He's setting you up. He's, he's trying to get something to you. Amen? It's, and, and what is he doing? He's asking you to sow something towards your heavenly account. Thank you, Jesus. Now is the time, houses, brethren, and in the world to come. And the cool thing about that, that eternal life is that life is the Zoe kind of life that you and I have learned to, to be accustomed with, the God kind of life. Everybody, here's the reality, everybody's going everybody's to live forever. But are you going to live blessed or are you going to live cursed? And he's, that word right there goes back to eternal life, which is the God kind of life is that he's talking about. Because everybody's going to go either, you're, going, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. And it's your choice, not God's. He said, I'm setting good before you. I'm setting evil before you. You choose, buddy. I, I want, please come this way. And he's doing the same thing with your finances. Do you want your finances to have an eternal weight of glory or you just want them to be temporal? Hallelujah. And so, Jesus, was Jesus asking these questions? Give me everything you got. Was he, I want you to answer these questions for me. Was Jesus asking these questions? Give everything you got to me and you'll at least have me. Is that what Jesus asked the guy? I mean, you know, you got Jesus now. You got all you need. But right now, you got to pay your rent. Come on. Hello? But he's not saying that. So thank you for answering no. That's not what Jesus was saying to him. Was he saying this? Throw all your money away and come follow me. No. Was he saying, did he ask him to take a vow of poverty? No. Or give everything you've got, and I don't want you to have anything else for the rest of your life. No. He wasn't telling him any of these things. He was telling him, I want you to transfer your wealth system to my wealth system. Your idea of how to make money, I want you to transfer it to my understanding and my way of doing things where finances is concerned. Two different systems. They're two, they're, they're two different treasuries. Which one do you want to be a part of? The one that has the ability to steal, kill, and destroy, or the one that has the ability to give you life and life more abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. All right, now he says there's two things that had to change with this guy. His faith was in his stuff, and he needed to transfer into God. Come on. Your IRA, your, your, finance, your 401, your things. Now, we've learned real quick here in the last 10 years, you know, that you can't put all your trust in all these investments. And some companies that you think, hey, that, that was exact. And you realize, oh, hello, that's, gonna rot, that's the moth that rusts and destroys. Come on. Where the moths eat and the rust, and rust destroys. Amen? 
what our faith has got to be in in God. And he had to switch his from the way he knew how to do things naturally to the way God's asking him to do things spiritually. Your wealth, the second thing is, is your wealth will be safe in your heavenly account if you have the best and you have the best insurance. Those two things. you got to have confidence. you got to believe in this. It doesn't work if you don't believe in this. And faith cometh by hand. How do I know whether or not you believe in it? I, by, whether or not, I don't know because I don't know whether you do this or not. But the way God knows is can you trust him with the tithe and then the offering? And when he asks you to give a little bit, he's not going to ask you more than what you can really handle at the moment. But he is asking you to give something. And he's asking you to stretch. He, stra- he, he, he wants you to know that you can believe him for it. He knows once you've asked Jesus, you've got the faith on the inside of it, but you have to develop that faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need to put this before your eyes. What Dr. Cervell has been ministering to us about the word for 2017, but he's been ministering that for years. Every time he's spoken a word over us, you need to get it in your eyes, you need to get it in your heart, and you need to get it in your mouth continuously. That's it. you got to stay, you and I, we've got to stay fixed on what God says about finances, not what the world tells you about finances. That's got to be our, that's got to be our focus. And then God may, you know what? He may tell you to invest in something. But you better be listening to him and know when to do it and when to take it out. Because God will show you when to do those kind of things. He'll show you things to come. He's not trying to take something away. He's just saying, don't let, don't you be the controlling factor in this situation. Let me have, let, let, hear from me, talk to me, continue to, con, you know, let's have this relationship together. I want to protect your finances. But if, you're, if your trust is in your finances, it's in the wrong place. Your trust needs to be in me. It takes money to do what God has called us to do. So God wasn't trying to get rid of all. He, he's, 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 he's trying to help this guy figure out some things. And, he, and after he walked away, he told it to Peter, James, and John, and the rest of the disciples. You don't understand, guys. Everything you've left, it's you, not only that, you're going to get that now, and you're going to get it in the time to come. And that's God's system. Look at 1 Timothy. Let's go to 1 Timothy. Real popular scripture here. Chapter 6. Now, Paul has already proven himself. You can go to Philippians and see where he talked about uh, in, ch- in chapter 4 when he starts talking about Joyce. He's all excited because what? They had just got through ministering to him finances. And so you can go look at his own testimony. So he's then encouraging Timothy to do the same thing. If any man teach otherwise, other than what God tells and what God says, and consent not to, this is verse 3 of chapter 6 of 1 Timothy. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did we just read what Jesus said in the, right. over there? Amen. Right? So if somebody's trying to talk you out of what we're talking about tonight, you don't need to be listening to them. Hello? Red's wor- red words work, right? They're Jesus's, right? That We just read red right there. Okay, it was Jesus talking. So he's warning him. He said, listen, pay attention. It's easy to get off in left field where this is concerned. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words. Oh, you know, you can't trust God. God didn't mean to give 10%. Oh, you know, that, that, that means you're going to get it when you get to heaven, so just go ahead and live the life that you're living right now. 
No. You do not, you, you, it's our responsibility to cast down those wicked imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself up against what the Word of God is telling you. You've got to wage a good warfare here. You and I have got to fight the good fight of faith. That's what he tells in the back part of this scripture. You're going to have to lay hold of this. Look at this. That person is proud, knowing nothing, doting about questions and strifes of words, wherefore cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. Because what they're, when they're telling you not to, do, not to give to the kingdom of God, not to do what God says to do, they're more concerned about their natural earthly life. You can't give it all away. Yes, you can. Come on. Amen. Amen. That's good. And get so much more in the process of it. It's so important, you know, to hear what God's telling you to do, whether whether anybody else is telling you or not. In Proverbs, we're not going to turn there right now, but in Proverbs chapter 3, he talks about I wisdom. When you seek after Jesus, when you go after what Jesus is telling you to do in the situation, that you're going to have an opportunity that wealth and riches are going to be in your hands. Yeah. When you go after Jesus. Let's go there for just a second. I got all my scripture. Let's go real quick. It's in, um, hmm, let's just go, turn over, I'll turn to my Bible real quick. You need to hear this. You don't need to go anywhere right now. Just chill out. <laughs> you need this. I only got a few more scriptures here and we're out of here. But you need this. You know, some of your greatest breakthroughs are going to be when your flesh doesn't want to do nothing. Amen. You think about the disciples. I mean, I mean, in the, do you want to be the disciple falling asleep? In the garden with Jesus? So don't do it on Sunday morning. Or Wednesday. Hello. Stir yourself up. Do what you got to do. Bring some chocolate to church. Bring it now later. Do what you have to do. <laughs> Get something. You know, seriously, stir yourselves up, man. God's got some. Just a couple more things. Look in verse, in chapter 3, it says this. Happy. How many of y'all are happy? Be honest. Be really honest. Come on. Get happy. Okay. So being happy is, is part, of the, part of the process of being with God. Happy. Listen to this person. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. What is wisdom? Jesus was made unto us wisdom. So when you find Jesus, you get happy. So when Jesus, when happy tells you, come on, when happy tells you to give, you get happier, right? Because happy's trying to get something to you. Happy, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Come on, here you go. Happy, you get happy. Look at this. Happy is a man that findeth wisdom, the man that getteth understanding. Because when you understand what God's trying to do in your life, you're e it's easy to give it away. It's like, that's so easy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How give, man. That's easy. That's an easy thing to do. Okay? Now, look at verse 17. I think it's 16 or 17. Yes. Let's go to verse 16. This is, this is where when you have that happy, when you find wisdom, when you find understanding, this is what happens. The length of days is in your right hand. Do you ever feel like you don't have enough hours in the day? He'll lengthen your days. Amen. When you do things what God, when you do what God tells you to do, he'll lengthen your days. Amen. He'll make an hour's worth of work turn into eight hours. You got a lot more done in an hour than you could in eight hours. Yeah. 
kind of step back and go, wow, I got a lot done today. Why? Why? Because you're pursuing God, not just a way to get, figure out how to do what your job's doing. Hmm. And then it says this, length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. You got to see something. God is consistent all the way through the Bible. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God was talking about this way back then. Seat me, don't seat the things. And when you, but when you do seat me, you get the things. That's what happened to wisdom. I mean, what, that's what happened to Proverbs. I'm not Proverbs, wisdom, Proverbs, both, same thing, Solomon. That's what happened to Solomon. He just said, God, give me the wisdom to lead your people. That was his, he, think about it. If you had a magic genie in a bottle, woo, you could ask him. What would you ask him for? Come on. And he asked for wisdom. God showed up. And he says, give me the wisdom to live my life so I can lead your people the way you need me to. He's not asking anything different from me and you. When you get saved, you've given you the ministry of reconciliation. He's empowered you, and he says, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. You're, as a believer, you're the one that's going to cast out devils. You're going to speak with new tongues. You're going to drink any daily thing. It doesn't even bother you. You can take up a snake, and it, it won't even hurt you. Why? Because you believed in me, and you're my kid. Hey, you go, you therefore, and teach all nations. You throw a feast, a banqueting table, so people can come. Call in the people from the highways and the byways. Bring them in so that you can feed them. He looked at Peter and John, and he said, hey, guys, uh, you give them something to eat. And they said, a, a year's wages wouldn't feed all these people. But see, he empowered them. He would already empowered them. He was waiting for them to take the baton that he was trying to hand them. But you know what? He now, he trusts you with that. He trusts me with that. And when you're faithful with little, you're going to be faithful with much. And the more he asks you to give, the only reason being is because he's trying to get more to you. He is constantly trying to fill up your heavenly account. Where moth and rust does not destroy. Come on. So he says this, and if you go through Timothy, I'm just going to look at a couple of scriptures. At verse, in verse 5, he says, perverse disputings, we just read that. Um, let's go to verse 6. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Proverbs 3, 13 and 16, happy is the man that findeth wisdom. He brought, verse 7, it says, for we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we'll carry nothing out. Having food, raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be, will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money, not money, the love of money, not money, the love of money is the root of all evil, which some coveted after they have erred from the faith. And pierce themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O oh man, flee these things. Follow after righteousness. What happens? Jesus was made into us. Wisdom, righteousness. It's the same person. Follow after Jesus. Follow. Get your heavenly count straight first. And let God do everything else. Okay? Come on. That's where we got to focus. What is God telling us to do? Flee these things, follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Our principal goal, this is something the Lord told our principal goal in life should not to become rich. It should to do, be to do the will of God. And in doing so, he will make us rich. There's a, I, um, 
I've run a few marathons, and when I was training, I read some things up on a few people, and there was a guy by the name of Dean Carzine that I really like watching. He's an ultra-marathon runner, and uh, he ran the Sahara Desert in five days, 236 miles in five days, okay? And he was voted to have the body of, and they asked him, what do you do to have your, he has a a good-looking body. I mean, you're going to work out like that. You can do that. You're in pretty good shape. He says, my body is a result of what I do. It's not what I go after. And eventually, when you go after God, the finances will just be a result of what you're doing. When you focus more of your energy on what God wants you to do with your money than what you want to do with your money, more money is going to come to you than you can ever imagine. I love what Jesse says. When you become a giving addict, God will support your habit. And you're looking at God, God what do you, do you want me to, how do you want me to be a blessing, Lord? What do you want me to do? God can trust you with little. He's going to trust you with much. He's going to continue to pour it out on you because he knows you're willing and obedient, and he wants to feed you the good of the land. But this is what you have to do. Verse 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Everything we've been talking about, we're prosperity. We're fixing to shift come the new year. Everything that we've been talking about, and Trey's going to come in on the 28th and, and finish this off, but everything that we've been talking about, it's going to take faith, guys. It's not what you heard yesterday. It's not all the messages that we've heard over the last six months. It's what you're going to continue to hear after this point in time in your life. It's like Dr. Savell says, get it in your eyes, get it in your ears, get it in your mouth, get it in your heart, and keep it coming out of your mouth. Those three things he says, you got to get it in your eyes, you got to get it in your heart, and it's got to be coming out of your mouth. I am faithful, and I am flourishing and thriving, and I am seeing days of heaven on earth right now. That's what has to be coming out of our mouth all the time, not some of the time. you got to stick with it. you got to know that when God says give, thank you, God, I give. And when I give, it is given unto me, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, men are given unto my bosom. I thank you, Lord, that I have the potential. I'm always honoring you with everything I've got. And because I honor you, oh, you're pouring me out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive it. You're rebuking the devourer for my sake because I put you first, and I give you the first fruits of everything that come into my bank account. Isn't that good? It's, it's pulling in that, and that's also the way you're going to pull it out of your heavenly account. Last thing I'll leave you with. That heavenly account, a few questions for you. Do you have a heavenly account? Yes, you do. It's pretty evident. Whose name is on the account? Yeah. It's yours. And you go look back at the scriptures that we just read. You're on there. Amen. When you, who, he, that person that gives, come on. Amen. It's your account. Who's it for? It's your name's on it, but who's it for? It's for you. It's yours. Go read that out. You need to go read this out. These scriptures right here, you go read it out. It's for you. Look at this. Verse 19. I'll just read that. Right there, it's in First Timothy. Laying up in store for themselves. For who? For themselves. A good foundation. He's laying up, because you know why? You know why he can give it to you? Because he can trust you. Amen. And if he asks you, because see, you're in a covenant with him. He's not going to take something from you. Right. He's not a taker. Our system's got to shift here, guys. He trusts you just like you trust him. Oh, come on. But if you're not trusting him, he can't trust you. Yeah. 
but he trusts you. So he keeps giving you more. He says, come on, you can do this because I want to get more to you. Come on, do it, do it, do it. Give it, give it, give it. Come on. Hmm. Daddy Warbucks ain't got nothing on our daddy. <clears throat> in, in Philippians chapter 4, it says it may abound to your account. To your account. Whose account is it? Mine. It's your account. Who can make withdrawals from it? You can. Now, he'll remind you like he did to me on Saturday. He said, you gave one of those away a few years ago. I was like, yeah, I did. Hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. I love y'all. Take it.